Let's start the show by talking about my sponsor, Paloma Verde, and their new website, PalomaVerdeCBD.com. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out for all of your CBD needs. They've got the gummies, tinctures, the salves. So if you're needing anything to maybe chill you out, something to help you get mellowed out, something for your joint pain and stiffness, go over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and give them a check out. Carlos and Vanessa are awesome people. They run a great company. And if you enter the promo code FACTS at checkout, you'll get 25% off your order. Plus, any order over $75, you get free shipping. So, I don't know what you're waiting for. Head over to PalomaVerdeCBD.com and check them out. Let's start the show. This is why I stopped saying the episode number after uh, 100 because it was just getting too hard to keep up with. Just call it 3,003. Is 6 million too high? For yeah, my show. Most For my show, yes. Is. I think it's 171, if I was guessing. 171 Jews in the Holocaust? Theory. Oh, episode. I got you. Okay. I think there were a lot more than that. Maybe. It's in between 171 and 6 million. Yes, probably not as close to 6 million, but. Well, we've already got this taken down. <laughs> yeah, we're off to a off to a roll. A real right wing start here. Yeah. Uh, today we are going to be talking about right wing extremism. Uh, Mark joined me previously to talk about. Uh, right-wing violence, and what we figured out was, while there's a lot of talk about right-wing violence, uh, most of the actual violence tends to come from the left. Um, so they're talking about right-wing, we're going to talk about right-wing extremism, and a lot of these articles re will reference um, domestic terrorism and the far right being this like white supremacist movement that's loaded up with all of these, you know, domestic terrorists. Of course, the the fun thing that they never actually mention is the fact that um, all of these supposed white supremacist, extreme right, domestic terrorist groups will uh, actually kill fewer people over the next like two years than what got shot in Chicago over the weekend. But you know, why would why would we actually? Weekend? Why would we actually look at any statistics or, or actual like factual information where where these things are concerned when talking about right wing extremism? Which which one of these uh, forms of extremism should we dig into first today? Oh, so uh, should which we go into reading favorite? first? Oh, yes. Which is I think that was the longest article in my had to skim lots of it because yeah yeah it was uh it's getting a little pedantic it was a little tedious i mean it's from the the atlantic so what'd you expect when uh this is true white supremacy's gateway to the american mind so apparently reading is highly white supremacist it's it's a form of far-right extremism um mm -hmm. What they get around to in this article in particular is they talk about a lot of these supposedly far-right uh, telegram groups and stuff like that. They like to push people to write and 
uh, talk about neo-Nazism and white supremacy and all kinds of other stuff. And so it's, it's leading to a lot of stuff getting written about white supremacy and, um, and uh, what was it? What was the one right at the beginning? They talked about Jew, the Jews, which was. Well, uh, it, yeah. there's like a heavy focus on Amazon's like self-publishing platform, which I guess Amazon <clears throat> uh, refers to it as a, what do they call it? Like a printing press and not necessarily self-publishing platform, which kind of makes sense. But I think the the focus on Amazon is that they probably rightfully think that they can bully Amazon into not allowing these folks on their platform anymore. Well, I mean, that's the, that's, that's the end goal of all things leftism is to not let anybody who has a dissenting opinion voice that opinion anywhere ever. Yeah. And like all, all of these right-wing books, as you said, are, they focused only on like, Holocaust and race differences books, which, I mean, there are a lot of like right-wing authors who are writing not just about this kind of stuff, but obviously it helps their narrative to, to highlight these. Well, and like this, this article in particular focuses a lot on like the, the self self-publishing that's, that's been going on on Amazon. Like you were talking about, uh, I wish I, I should have pulled it up too. There was another one that, goes into like specific books that are as far as what uh, as far as what these journalists think these specific books are kind of shaping and grooming a generation of uh, far right white supremacist extremists and it's a lot of stuff that you know you and I have read uh, like it's a lot of books that are historically accurate. Like they're, they are um, things that talk about the Weimar Republic or things that talk about, you know, what, what led up to world war one, what led up to world war two. Like it's things that take a very, um, maybe not the corporate narrative driven, view of history so much as it it's a objective look at what happened to get from point a to point b what happened to get from the the different compromises of uh like the early 1820 and everything up to the civil war like how did we how do we take those steps from the compromise of 1820 the compromise of 1830 and then full-on civil war in the you know 1860s how did we get from um, everything that happened leading up to World War II into World or uh, leading up to World War One into World War Two, like it's these are actually historically accurate books, but but because they don't paint the uh, they don't paint the corporately approved narrative of history, they are uh, they're promoting right wing extremism. Yeah, they do. <clears throat> they mention. Uh... Ebola. I don't know if they bring up a revolt against the modern world specifically, but they kind of reference Julius Ebola as an author that these right-wing people are reading a lot of lately and ordering off of Amazon, which apparently I found out you order an Ebola book off of Amazon, you might be able, you might get put on a list. Um, Sorry, mom, for making you order me that book for Christmas last year. (laughs) What if you order all of Kaczynski's books at the same time. I, think that I would assume that gets you on some sort of list too. But the ironic thing about Evola is he's actually throughout history been read by both the left and the right because back when the left was more of the, the hippy dippy left and not so on board with the industrial revolution. Like this is, this is when they were reading Evola because Evola is also not, not on board with that. But now that right wingers have started reading them, it's a no no book. Well, now, isn't that isn't that something that's sort of funny with the the books part of this? Is that a lot of these books um, they get brought up in in 
in these articles as being like extreme right and pushing for white supremacy and stuff like that, that they are, they are similar to, to Evola. There are things that traditionally and historically they've been more leftist books, but as the, as the left has uh, progressed and moved into this current stage of psychosis that they live in, now those things are uh, unacceptable because they don't um, support giving all of your dedication and support to a some behemoth government. Like, what happened to the the left that used to be like uh, anti-establishment? <laughs> I think it's a uh, it's just this awkward relationship with being the quote resistance while also maintaining like holding every single institution and essentially being the regime. Uh, it's hard to be the regime and be a lover of Evola or of some of these other books. Um, so it's easier just to use buzzwords like resistance or we're still being oppressed and all of these things, as opposed to actually delving into the ideas of resistance in more in-depth manner by reading these, these texts. Well, and we kind of touched on it on the morning show is that, you know, when you're looking at, especially with some of the, the corporate narrative or the mainstream narrative that comes out around like vaccines and stuff like that, like the, the people who within just, you know, three or four years ago were, questioning big pharma, questioning the science, questioning all of these things, they have now completely flipped on their head and they are like just gobbling the whole cock and balls of all things big pharma. While if you dare to question anything, you are a right-wing extremist. Like, um, why does that make you a right-wing extremist if you want to actually look at the look at the the information and the data that's coming out from the CDC and from Pfizer themselves and say hey um, maybe this isn't all that good you're now a right-wing extremist and something that's interesting that I've, um, that I have kind of seen happening through all of this is you do have some people that while they definitely wouldn't be otherwise considered a right-wing right-wing extremist because they are constantly getting labeled as such, they're starting to say, you know what? Fuck you then. If if no matter what I do, I'm going to be some right-wing extremist, then I'll go be a, a right-wing extremist. Like, I I will be a Republican now, and I will just take that approach because you aren't, you're not allowed to have any sort of a nuanced opinion on things. You're not allowed to read or, or research or, or think for yourself. You have to either completely bow to whatever the narrative is or you're a right winger. So, so there are people who are just saying, all right, fuck you then I'll go be a right winger. If that's the way this is going to be bye. And I, I, that's kind of, that is kind of white pilling. Like I, I, I like that. Uh, I like that approach. I'm, I'm starting to take some of that approach on uh, Twitter with some things I've been uh, railing on for the past week or so. Yeah, I'm all, I'm all here. I'm here for it. <laughs> um, it is interesting that the article did talk a lot about fiction books by these authors, because um, one might think that, I guess it's more like mainstream conservatives who read like 99% nonfiction, right? And they don't even touch fiction. And the first time I ever appeared on your show, we like read more fiction. <laughs> um but there is uh, there is our platforms or there are writers who do write fiction in the like the right wing sphere. And I think one of the reasons that they use or definitely one of the reasons they use like a self-publishing platform such as Amazon is because most fiction books that are thrown in our face are obviously going to be on the New York Times list. And there's not going to be any sort of right wing or uh differing narrative than than what we're what we're like what's forced on us through tv screens and those sorts of books so how could so of course people who who aren't a part of the regime are going to 
have to use avenues like self-publishing, um, there has been a rise in like independent publishers who publish like right-wing stuff, which I'm surprised I haven't seen a whole lot of hit pieces yet. But you have the people at Antelope Hill, who I think were docs just this past weekend, the Evan Perian Press as well, Mystery Grove. Like these are all rising probably because not a lot of us, although we're kind of forced to use Amazon as a publishing platform, platform or as a printing press, it would be better to have like our own independent publishers and you're seeing that happen. So the, the problem for the left, it might work itself out as far as Amazon not publishing these these forbidden texts, but you're going to be finding them published by more sources instead, which will, of course, receive more hit pieces as as they gain more notoriety. Well, I mean, it's the it's kind of the social media thing playing itself out in in books as you, know, you have all these different social media platforms that are kind of springing up because of the extreme censorship of the prominent ones. And every time one of these new social media platforms springs up, there's a million hit pieces that come out about how it's just nothing but white supremacy, extreme, all, you know, alt-right extremism and all of this other stuff. Like, get, get new talking points. Y'all are, you're getting boring with this shit. Like, it's not even, it's gotten past the point of being humorous and now it's just retarded. It's interesting how these independent publishing publishing houses are actually a lot more successful, are being a lot more successful than your alternative like social media uh, platforms. I think there is actually a desire to read. Um, I think especially maybe for the the people who fall into that right wing extremist group. They're, they're getting fed up with the bullshit of social media. They're getting fed up with all of this, you know, corporate narrative stuff. And they're looking for things to read. And they're looking for things to, to learn. They're looking for things to occupy their time with other than that. So I think that's why you're starting to see success on those things is because there, there is starting to be a, um, like a divorce from the traditional media stuff and moving towards like, you know, it talks about it in a couple of these articles, like telegram groups and Mm -hmm. signal groups and, you know, stuff like that. Like people are moving away from these social media platforms and moving to more direct messaging, you know, more directly connected groups and, and also, you know, looking for things to read, looking for things to share, looking for things that, that they uh, can put together with those groups that they, those like-minded groups and, and not have to deal with all the bullshit of, you know, if you post something that's even moderately right wing on Twitter, all it takes is the wrong person to retweet it. And then you've got a whole mob of woke psychopaths, you know, breathing down your neck, which cool. I, I, I love arguing with those people and eventually they all block me. And so that's, you know, I have fun with it, but, um, for most people, like that shit can be demoralizing, and and eventually you just don't want to hear it anymore. So, you know, seeing those uh, independent publishers be successful is kind of a, I think that's like a really good thing. Whereas you're not seeing the independent or the alternative media's be as successful. That's because people are just getting fed up with it. I mean, uh, social media is a terrible thing anyway. And the fact that people are getting fed up with it and starting to disconnect from it, I think is a brilliant and wonderful thing, honestly. Yeah, as I'm speaking of fed up, like at the end of this article, this Atlantic article, I think it was like written during the pandemic. And one of the reasons she gives for people delving into these these forbidden, these forbidden uh, books is because people, quote, got bored with Netflix. It's like, well, it's, I think that's halfway true. I think they did get bored with Netflix, but they also probably got fed up with what Netflix was feeding them uh, because it's all just completely been converged with wokeness. And like, there's no, you don't see any sort of pushback against the popular narrative that the culture puts out there on these shows. And people, like even normies at some point are able to kind of see through that and it gives them a thirst for more. 
one to that point like there there have been some kind of i don't know if you want to call it big like developments or changes or whatever with like with netflix and some of these others uh like like netflix basically told everybody a couple weeks ago that we're gonna put out stuff like the ricky gervais comedy special we're gonna put out stuff like dave chappelle's comedy specials we're going to put out stuff that you might not like and if you don't like it then you can get the fuck out because it's not our job to it's not our job to cater to whatever makes you comfortable it's our job to put out good content and good content does not exclusively mean whatever you think is good it means whatever people want to want to watch and see so so there is something of a and and we'll see how it plays out going forward with Netflix and if they become a little less psychotically woke with some of their content in the future, but uh, people are getting fed up with some of that stuff and, and they're starting to, uh, they're starting to come around to, to acknowledging that and, and not just running with being quite as progressive and, and catering to the mob as what they have been previously. So maybe, and there are also things with Disney that uh, things are getting shaken up with Disney and some of the people who are in charge of uh, content that they put out. Like, so, so it's possible that there is kind of a, um, a burnout that is happening with a lot of these big, you know, media companies and, and some of the, the woke shit. And, you know, like the, like the end of this article said, like people were getting bored with Netflix. And so they were looking for other forms of, other forms of media to keep themselves occupied with like people are getting people are getting bored and fed up with that stuff because it's just giving you one thing all the time and roughly half of the population doesn't want that one thing any of the time so that is incredibly boring (laughs) right like is that not has that not struck you I mean, it's it strikes me as like every time I turn on a new show and you've got some trans person or a gay couple or like some of this dumb bullshit, like as soon as I see it, it's not even it's not even a distaste for it as much as just it's like uh, this I can't shit make again. It five minutes. It's like <laughs> really like could we? Can we be a little bit more original? Like, really? Like, it's just gotten, it's just gotten boring. Like, it's not even, it's not even that I'm burnt out on the gay, trans, you know, pushing all this agenda bullshit. It's that it's not even amusing anymore. Like, okay, so I've been watching The Wire. Um, Dag and uh, Dag had recommended it, and I've really enjoyed it. But it's it takes place in the early two thousands when you know gay marriage hadn't uh, gay marriage hadn't been passed or whatever and you know it was still kind of a taboo thing and there are gay characters in the wire and the way that they're presented and the way that the stories are done it's engaging and it's interesting and it's but like anymore the way they do it is just boring and fucking terrible like at least at least make it fun and entertaining instead they just make it this cookie cutter thing that gets slapped in there because it has to be a part of it because that's how modern society is and it's like yeah just can we fucking not there's a uh physiognomy uh argument to be made here too um i was at a place over the weekend it was kind of it was like a family farm fest thing that me and my brother brought my dad to for Father's Day. And I mean, everyone looked generally uh, the same, except for two people stood out. And they were probably the most unattractive people there. And no one wants to turn on their TV screen and see unattractive people. And the kind of folks that are being pushed forward, and it's not just uh, rainbow uh, folks, but it's also you know, we're trying to fight fat phobia. Like these people are being pushed as main characters and heroes. And it just doesn't, it doesn't work. 
since Trey brings it up, the uh, the gamer stuff, apparently video games is also a form of uh, right-wing extremism. Is far-right extremism infecting the gaming world? Uh, I don't know how much gaming you're into, but the, uh, the N-word is referred to as the gamer word. Because apparently, apparently there are a lot of twelve-year-olds on uh, game on playing video games online that just drop in bombs regularly. So <laughs> there's there's hope for society yet. Uh, <laughs> I was never much of a gamer. Uh, my brothers played Call of Duty. Like it's just it's kind of like World War Two, World War One narratives, is it not? Uh. Which Call of Duty are, are you talking about? I don't know which one they played. Because there's, there's the majority on this. Uh, yeah, there's a bunch of different Call of Duties. So yeah, some uh, of them are like the older ones were were based around the early World Wars, and then some of the newer ones are based around uh, like modern times, and then there are also others that are um, like futuristic type stuff. So so there's a lot of different. Uh, directions that Call of Duty can go, depending on which one. Yeah, yeah. As as Trey says, uh, Call of Duty has a different theme each year. Okay. So, but the, I guess their argument isn't necessarily what's in the game; it's more of the uh, the chat while the game is is going on. Right. It's the the people who are playing and the chat that's going on and the conversations that are being had during the games are becoming um, <laughs> right wing extremism and. You got all of these gamers who are talking about, uh, let's see, the games are becoming increasingly social and those social hooks provide, the, excuse me, the structures and infrastructure for extremists to organize, mobilize, and spread their hateful and extreme ideologies. So people who are playing games are now talking about extremist, hateful, right-wing stuff so uh, at risk of sounding like uh like uh, king trump but this is this is more this is less about like right-wing rhetoric and more about i guess masculine energy right locker room talk yes i mean that's <laughs> that's the crazy thing about this is like that's it's so people shit talk on video games a black guy got banned from multiple games yeah. for streaming when he told a woman to get the fuck back in the kitchen. Like that you is play basketball with a bunch of black folks. You're going to hear some things, <laughs> right? Like that's gamer culture. Like it is a nonstop stream of shit talk. And like uh, it's, it's Twitter on steroids. And it's like, it's in real time. It's everybody talking to each other. Um, yeah, like locker room talk is inherently right wing. Like the way people behave in these game chats and in locker rooms and stuff like that, like it's not socially acceptable. It's not, you know, what what was it when Trump was uh, when Trump was running for president or whatever? Was that the grab him by the pussy thing? Grab him by the pussy is locker room talk. Yeah, yeah, and and then you had all of these. You had all these like NBA players that came out and said, that's not locker room talk. We don't talk like that. And then you sure. at the same time had all of the clips of them like in the locker room saying not only exactly that, but like infinitely worse. It's like, oh, yeah, that's that's not locker room talk. Here's a clip of you saying something that's like 10 times worse than that. But no, that's not locker room talk. Like anybody who spent any time in a locker room knows that like that's what locker room talk is like it's, yeah i went to a private christian school and i i am glad that my, none of my parents heard the things talked about in our locker room even so <laughs> i mean that's that's the way the locker room is but so like for what this this article was talking about with the the gamer culture um let's see the anti-defamation league found that 53 percent of online multiplayer game players who experienced harassment believe they were targeted because of their race, ethnicity, religion, ability, gender, or sexual orientation. Yes, I'm surprised it was only 53%, because if you're playing a game and I find out that you're a woman 
or that you're black or that you're 12 years old or whatever. I'm going to talk shit. I like you. You want it to be shit. Talk needs to be uh, both humorous and specific. Uh, like you, you want to lock in on whatever their insecurities are and just go after them. And if, if, that many people feel like they're getting bullied playing video games online. Maybe go do something else and quit being such a pussy. It's not for you. Yeah. Like this might not be, this might not be for you. If, if you have a problem with getting bullied in online chat rooms and stuff, um, maybe this isn't the right place for you. And like any form of bullying in schools now is essentially banned. So this is like part of growing up is um, not necessarily being a bully, but having a lot of shit talking energy or wanting to release some of that adrenaline or you're going through puberty and you need to release it somehow. Like you can't do it at school. Then the, the private chat in the gaming room is, is the place to do it, I guess. Well, like the anti-bully culture that they've created in schools and stuff. Uh, I don't I don't understand that like that's it seems like that's creating this like unhealthy bubble that kids are living in that they never experience anything that like pushes them. I, I remember getting punched in the back of a in the back of the head as a kid because and called a nerd I like and I turned out fine for it. And, and actually the guy who did it like we're good friends. It's not like it's not like it was something that, you know, as kids you go through phases and everybody's an asshole at some point or another um you know we're all assholes in our own different ways and uh you know, some are some are physically violent others are verbally abusive others are emotionally abusive mm-hmm. the ones of us who are good at it learn how to incorporate all three um it, like this anti-bullying thing now it's because they're not being able to express this stuff in a like a controlled environment at a school because you would have fights that would break out at school you would have people would bully and say mean shit and like it, it happened and the teachers would usually rein it in and kind of keep it under control and you know no harm no foul kind of kind of thing but now it doesn't happen in a controlled setting so it's happening in online chat rooms it's happening in on you know social media private chats it's happening in video gaming on like uh you know the locker room talk type stuff and it's it's not it's not happening in a healthy manner so it's getting even worse and it's getting out of hand because they've made such a they put such an emphasis on anti-bullying that it's turn the bullying into its own like monster that is getting out of control. Yeah. It's, it's definitely not healthy because like you think of the difference between males and females, like it's still like a feminization of men that their trash talk or even like a physical release isn't actually physical. Like you talk, you think about, girls talking bad behind each other's back. Like that's the way they do it. Whereas men are more confrontational, but it's almost like they've feminized the uh, masculine urge to shit talk because it's all being done on screens or not necessarily face to face anymore. What's well, like, maybe, maybe being in a private Christian school, you didn't see it, but like going to public school, um, you would have friends who would literally get in a fist fight in the parking lot. And then once it was done, everybody hugged and laughed and you had to go get a <laughs> Yeah, like it, you talk shit, knock the fuck out of each other for a couple minutes, and then everybody hugs and dusts each other off and moves on with life. Like that's that's the end of it. If you didn't have these kids getting constantly harassed to the point that you know they, they want to shoot up a school or something, like if you had if you had a problem with somebody, you went and beat the hell out of each other. And then your problems were solved. And, and like that, even that's been stigmatized. Like now you see kids are getting a fight and then 
and then they get mad about having gotten the hell beat out of them and want to bring a knife or a gun to school or something like that. It's like, uh, what happened to create such a pussy society that you feel like that's like, if I get my ass kicked, okay, I got my ass kicked. You know, we shake hands and move on with life. That's part of it. And, and now it's the whole thing has just been stigmatized into this. Any, anything that's would be a healthy outlet is now considered, uh, extreme in some manner or another yeah and this is how you get people like fauci and bill gates running things for a few years people who clearly uh are taking taking it out on folks for being bullied and shoved in locker rooms during their high school years so i take the approach of i uh I shit talk and bully my children regularly because I don't trust the schools to, to provide them enough of that on it on their own. So like I'm trying to, and my son got, my son got really butthurt because the girls were being mean to him. It's like, dude, um, <laughs> you're, you're just as mean to them. Like if you're going to get butthurt about it, then you're not allowed to say anything to them. Like if, if they can't come back at you, then you don't get to go with them. So either decide, are you going to be a pussy about this? Or are you going to participate in the give and take that is bullying each other around the house like we do? <clears throat> and and he stopped being a pussy about it. So obviously it worked out. I, I'm, I'm, I am kind of mean to my kids, deliberately so. Like I'm not mean to them in an ex, extremely mean way, but I'm mean enough that, they know that I'm uh, joking and and that it's all in fun. I'm I'm probably one of those. You strike a good balance there. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. I try to make sure that the kids are have a healthy mix of abuse and love in their life. It's good. Uh, speaking of uh, abuse and whatever, the the next topic on right-wing extremism is uh what is it fascist fitness is that what they called it yeah pandemic fitness trends have gone extreme literally so so yeah if you do uh if you're working out at home that is a gateway to right-wing extremism of course it is um this was written during the pandemic as well right Uh, yeah everything is Everything came out of the pandemic. All things right-wing extremism uh, started to materialize because of the pandemic. So, I mean, yeah, this is a, if we can't be violent verbally within our video game chats, then one way to release that is to actually physically exercise. But I guess we're not allowed to do that either. Oh, here, this is like the best line of this whole article. Physical fitness has always been central to the far right. In Mein Kampf, Hitler fixated on boxing and jiu-jitsu, believing they could help him create an army of millions whose aggressive spirit and impeccably trained bodies combined with fanatical love of the fatherland would do more for the German nation than any mediocre tactical weapons training. (laughs) Of course, they bring it back around to Hitler. If you're into boxing and jiu-jitsu and physical fitness, then... You're literally Hitler. One of my, uh, someone ever to ask me like my least right wing stance, it's probably the fact, I don't know if you've run into this, it's the fact that I am more of a cardio person than like a weight training person. And there are a lot of right wingers out there who are like, you, like cardio, you're basically a leftist if you're more into cardio than, than weight training. <laughs> we're all, we're allowed one deviation, right? I mean, that's for me, I'm, I'm more into cardio as well. I would rather run than spend a lot of time lifting. I think it's more practical. Like as far as, as far as lifting and like bodybuilding type stuff, I can get everything that I need just with what I'm going to do around the yard with picking up limbs and moving the, moving the tiller and stuff like that. Like I, I don't need to be jacked a big massive muscles at, especially if, 
if all of this right wing extremism does come to fruition, then being in uh, in good shape cardio wise is going to be a lot more important than having you know massive muscles piled on top of muscles. Like that's just impractical. I've got I've got a little uh, curl bar over here with a couple ten pound weights on it, and like that's that's the extent of my weight training is I, I work out with that, and I, I don't like I don't need to have big muscles. Uh, yeah. I think the be, weight training thing came from kind of like the rise of BAP, right? Where he, where having a <clears throat> beautiful body is kind of virtuous in and of itself for both males and females, but it's different with both uh, men with like, who, who are jacked, obviously uh, kind of like stand out in society as opposed to those who aren't. And, I'm leaning into the dad bod. There you go. Some women find that more attractive. So, not that you're trying to find a woman. I'd say that I, I have. Of. I've got a good woman, and she she likes my dad bod. So, I like. Uh, I'm a fan of like longer. Like I've been doing longer runs on Sundays now, uh, like uh, like six miles yesterday. But there is something about playing the long game and doing like longer runs that that makes sense to me because um, you can actually uh, I was never like good at pacing myself because I, I played like I played basketball in high school and that's like sprint 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 and feeling like that differentiation between like doing a long run and playing action sports kind of gives you a balance of doing things in the moment as and also like kind of being patient for um I guess waiting things, waiting for like those desired results. What is it? Delayed for gratification. It kind of gives you a better uh, feeling for how to work through that. So here, here's the, uh, the U S is, uh, so it talks about, it talks about these like far right groups in Germany and Poland and the United Kingdom that are, uh, starting like MMA clubs and stuff like that. And, says the u.s is comparatively far behind which will only become more and more problematic oh so like in germany and poland and the united kingdom they're they're offering like intervention and prevention programs to keep these <laughs> to keep these like far right uh groups from promoting violence uh and the u.s is comparatively far behind which will only become more and more problematic especially since the phenomenon is growing in the country building on the established fight club culture of mma far right extremists so apparently there's all these like MMA clubs and like fight club type things that are starting up that are, that are all like uh, pushing white supremacy and mixed martial arts. <laughs> like, I don't know how you make, like, I don't know how you come up with this shit. The, and they're all very, like very, the, the examples are really specific and most of these groups, uh, like even the ones that they talk about that are like engaged in extremist violence and stuff like that, haven't actually done anything. Like they've they've openly talked about it on like forums and stuff, and then yeah, never do anything. Like this this is the right wing extremism and the uh, the right wing violence is they talk about stuff on chat rooms and then never do anything. I think it's, uh, there's just something to be said about physical. I don't know. Like, I think that all kids should like engage in some sort of sport, like physical sport and preferably that, ha that puts you as part of a team and not just like an individualized sport um, because it, it builds discipline and that's probably, I mean, I think it has been called a right-wing term now is, is discipline, but this is something, if you're not building like discipline in some area of your life, then then you actually are more likely to lash out violently because you don't have that foundation that you built for yourself and for the people that you're like working with. Well, and that's kind of, I mean, that's kind of the, that's kind of the root of of all of these articles that we've been kind of looking at and talking about is like all of these things are some form of 
discipline. There's some form of self-betterment. Like they're all the things that the left is actively against. Like, it's because they hate themselves. <laughs> right. The left is all about the body positivity. Don't do anything to change who you are. Don't do anything to make yourself better. Just be a fat fucking slob and be horrible. Don't do anything to learn. Don't do anything that challenges your intelligence. Don't do anything that would challenge the narrative. Don't read things that are, you know, unapproved or that don't directly toe the line of whatever is being sold. Like, so don't, don't read anything that might cause you to think. Don't try to get, don't try to exercise, work out, better yourself in any way. Uh, Definitely don't participate in bullying or shit talk or anything like that. Doing, you know, things that are actually healthy for you and, and to blow off steam and to not become just a bottled up. Actually, they don't want you to not bottle it all up or they don't want you to bottle it all up. They want you to take all the right drugs so that you don't even feel any of those things at all. Just be a fucking zombie. And then like this, our conservative Christians, religious extremists. I like how this article like kicks it right off with talking about the similarities between conservative Christians and the Taliban. Of course. <laughs> um, piggyback off what you ended with there. Like, it, I think one of the reasons that the left hates this sort of rise and right wing quote physical exercise and reading and all this stuff is it's more beneficial to them for us to rail against the ugliness of the left as opposed to creating and building something that combats that ugliness as far as it just being beautiful and like better looking um this guy lomez on twitter had a great thread about how to like attract to some extent you have to attract sort of like the middle or like normies <clears throat> to your your ideas um and one of the best ways to do that is attract attractive women and how do you do that is you're just more attractive than the other side physically and otherwise well and and one of the things that you've seen coming from a lot of the more progressive left-wing push with stuff is um so like the victoria's secret catalogs the sports illustrated thing like they're pushing this body positivity but the the people that they're showing are also just not attractive like they're just they're just not yeah. straight up they are kind of ugly i mean <laughs> what was the um lena uh lena dunham and I know we <laughs> accidentally or offhandedly mentioned her on the morning show this morning, but um, like there was a, a thing that shows her and <laughs> talking about a tranny and we immediately went to Lena Dunham. Well, have you seen her? <laughs> I mean, there was a, I can't remember. I can't remember who it was from, but it was on Twitter that they had like had this picture of her in a bathing suit and it was fucking horrific like there is no universe where that's in any way attractive like period and they they referred to her as stunning it's like yes uh stunningly makes me want to lose my lunch um i was i was definitely stunned when i saw it it was uh you know like shock and all like oh oh fuck why would you do that but that's what they try to promote and sell as as stunning as 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 attractive and when you look at like people who take their own personal health seriously and and start working out and, and getting themselves in shape like uh what's the what's the chick from uh pitch perfect uh rebel wilson have you seen pictures of her since she like got herself in shape no. like she's not a massive fat slob anymore and she's actually really attractive like it's okay. kind of kind of weird how that works out that if you just take some personal responsibility for yourself and you know work on you and getting yourself in shape and taking care of your body you just kind of end up looking better it's crazy how that crazy how that shit works out and um, when you look better people will gravitate to you and not just uh just 
yeah, and the ideas that you possess, like this isn't, it's not that hard to understand. Well, like I think on the, the physical fitness and that kind of stuff, um, I think the reason that, that that has gotten like labeled with the right wing extremism thing is because a lot of the places that were uh, fighting the hardest against the lockdowns and, and mandates and stuff like that were gyms. They were places where people actually go to be physically fit. They were, they're places where people aren't getting sick. Like you're, you're going there to get better. You're, they're trying to shut down the things that, do the most towards not getting sick. And, and so a lot of these gyms and stuff are just like, no, fuck you. Like we're here to, we're here to promote good health and being in shape and being physically fit. And the people who come here and work out aren't the people who are getting sick. They're not people who are at at risk for this. And so, because that was a bucking of the corporate narrative that if you left your house, you were going to catch COVID and die immediately uh, that had to be right-wing extremism because obviously nobody on the left was pushing back against the COVID narrative. So, sorry, we can talk about the Christ- Christian extremists now. Yeah, yeah. I, well, I mean, that's uh, in relation to comparing them to the Taliban. I was actually having this conversation with my mom yesterday. And I was. I began this. I began uh, this part of the conversation with, you know, Christians should actually start to act more like Muslims. And she just like made this face, <laughs> and I was like, no, 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 hear me out here. It was like um, the fact that Muslims like get so offended when like Muhammad is denigrated. I actually think that Christians should act more like that when like people when pop culture makes fun of Jesus or there's like just this mockery of Jesus. Like, I think that taking, taking your religion more seriously is actually a way to combat this whole like spiritual, but not religious phenomenon that goes on, which is basically an excuse for quote unquote tolerance, which in and of itself is like antichrist. <laughs> yes. Well, I mean, that's that's the big complaint that I have with modern Christianity is that it's it is so squishy and and it doesn't take itself seriously. You've uh, modern Christianity has effectively thrown out everything that made that made it as a religion meaningful and purposeful in, in that it's just now it ebbs and flows with whatever is societally acceptable. And that's not. That was not the founding of Christianity. That's not the founding of religion, period. It's not if the if the thing that you're worshiping is going to just change as uh, public sentiment changes, then you're just worshiping the mob. You're not you're not worshiping anything that has any substance or, or value. And that's so that's my big my big problem with modern Christianity. But like like what this talks about in this article is like the conservative Christian, which takes a more um, like a more puritanical view of Christianity and a more traditionalist view of Christianity and, and actually promotes, you know, real Christian values. Like that's right wing extremism because you're not willing to just ebb and flow with whatever society says is good and acceptable. You actually have morals and principles and values. You have things that you believe in and things that you stand for and the, you know, things that you stand on and things that you're things that you're willing to fight for and and not tolerate and anything that is considered intolerance well that's that's right-wing extremism just by their definition yeah i think one of the things they're worried about is there seems to be like an upcoming rejection of like this modernized christianity like younger people more and more seem to not be down with the Christian rock concert style like services that like these mega churches put on and they're looking for a more ritualized and disciplined form of uh, Christianity uh, because it kind of creates like if you're someone who exercises all the time going back to that article like you are engaging in a ritual if you make your religion religious practice more ritualized then it actually 
is better practice out in the real world because you're putting that discipline into into practice and you're um yeah you're living you're living it out and not necessarily living a spiritual life as they call it and anything kind of goes Americanized Christianity of today like that seems to be increasingly rejected and I'm sure that's worrisome to the left yeah I mean like you had said anything that involves discipline of any form that's that's worrisome to the left because if you have discipline then you probably have some sort of belief system you probably have some sort of ideals and morals something that guides you and as soon as you have any of those things then you're not going to be as malleable and pliable to just go with whatever they say i mean like like we were talking about like three years ago the anti-vax people were leftists who were hated big pharma and now those same people are the ones who bow at the altar of Fauci and Pfizer. Like, how do you get to that point unless you just have absolutely no discipline? You have no values. You have no principles. You you just do whatever you're told. And that's and so if you're not going to be willing to do whatever you're told, then you're a right-wing extremist. Yeah. Trey is speaking my truth here in the comment section. I went through a phase where I absolutely despise the Puritans. And I'm not, I'm not actually, I guess I got a little bit of Puritan stock in me, but um, I do, I respect the way that they were able to actually gatekeep their communities. I mean, people, I mean, they kicked the Quakers out. I have more Quaker stock in me than Puritans, but I, I appreciate that Puritans were like, look, we can't coexist together. So you're going to have to go to the Delaware Valley and, <laughs> do your whole like worshiping uh, style there. And even like the Quakers, uh, they're probably the most sort of like live and let live society of like early colonial America. However, like their live and let live had, had nothing to do with vice. Like if they construed how you were living as virtuous Christian living, then they're gonna let you go about your business. But if you were into vice, like, yeah, you're not, you're not welcome here either. Uh, that's the, that's like all these modern American Christians that say, um, well, that's not my Jesus. Anytime <laughs> right. you, anytime you talk about like Jesus calling sin, sin and, and saying that you, you know, um, he, like he gave steps for how you go about addressing sin as a church and, and as a community and all of that stuff. And like nowhere does it say that Jesus said, yeah, just uh, do whatever makes you happy and whatever. It was like, um, no, you, he very specifically said, like you call it out. You, you don't uh, even the, like the love, the sinner, hate the sin thing. Like he didn't say, uh, well, he healed somebody. And then he said, go forth and sin no more. Like he didn't say, all right, yeah, you're good. You're good now. Go, you know, you can go back and do the same shit that you were doing before. It's like, you've now uh, got to get out of jail free card. <laughs> yeah. It, it was now you change. Now you stop doing that. It wasn't Okay you were doing this before I fixed it for you. So you're free to go back and continue doing all the things that got you in this position to begin with. Like, no, he, he actively told people stop doing that. Change your ways. Like that. Jesus was not a, Jesus was not all about tolerance. He was about fix it. Right. Uh, yeah, I, I agree with Trey in the comments too. The Quakers did not hate natural or, order or hierarchy. So, um, we're back to that natural order. You're a fascist if you believe in that. Yeah, you're a fascist if you believe in anything other than completely caving to whatever the current narrative is. And I guess that's why you and I are such extremists. 
It's because we exercise. <laughs> yeah, we exercise and we read. We are, and I talk shit uh, on online playing video games from time to time. Do you, what do you play? And we're Christians. We have the trifecta. The trifecta. Um, mostly anymore, I play Destiny. I don't. Uh, it's been a while since I've uh, played a whole lot of Call of Duty or anything else online. That's I've kind of narrowed it down to Destiny's about it. My son will play Call of Duty from time to time, and I will hear all kinds of crazy shit talk coming out of the, out of the screen. Uh, I'm like, "What was that?" He's like, "Oh, nothing. It was just this person over here." I was like, "Why aren't you talking shit back? Like, what is wrong with you?" Like you gotta get in on that. Like, like, look at that guy's name. That's the gayest shit I've ever heard. Why aren't Why aren't you laying in on him about this? Like, I, if I hear it coming out of the computer, I should hear or out of the screen, I should hear it coming out of your mouth too. Like, you should be going back at these people as as voraciously as they're coming at you. I don't understand what's going on here. I ain't trying to raise no pussy. Get Get in there. See, I I was always like pretty reserved and. Uh, reserved as a kid, still am, but like whenever playing sports, like the intensity meter like went up, I would cause my lifelong best friend to quit in the middle of games. We'd be on the same team. He would quit and go home. Like he was a neighbor friend. <laughs> I'm taking my, he, he was literally like, I'm taking my ball and going home because Mark keeps verbally abusing me during this game because I'm not doing anything right. And then, like you said earlier, like I'd have to I'd go over there and be like, look, man, I just want to win. Like, <laughs> no hard feelings. If you quit sucking so bad, this wouldn't yeah. be a problem. I won't get on you if you actually like score when you, you think, I mean, you're like five foot three and you think you can back down my brother who's almost six foot tall. Like, it's not going to work. <laughs> Isn't that the way it goes, though? Like, you will talk more shit to the people that you're like friends with and like yeah. the most. It was good for our friendship. I mean, I could call. I haven't talked to him in a couple of years, but I could call him up and we'd go hang out. And everything be just like we were kids when we were kids. I, I like I like Magoo's idea. Fact check this gamer group. We can have a gamer group that just plays shit together. And talk. I've said this on the morning show. I only played NCAA and NBA and some Madden growing up. So you guys don't want me playing Call of Duty or any of these other first person shooter games. Look, it'd be like our fantasy football thing. Like, we we need somebody that's gonna be terrible at it. That way, it makes it more entertaining for the rest of us. True. Pull up this this last comment of his and somehow scratch out everything except for I'm a fag. <laughs> uh, yeah, Magoo is definitely a fag, but he's our fag. That's Speaking of Magoo. I haven't gotten confirmation yet, but I believe he and I are going to be on uh, Leighton's show, Outlaw Thoughts, tomorrow evening to debate the Florida Libertarians on whether or not it's a good idea to to run somebody for governor against DeSantis. Um, no. Actually, you know what? I was looking at this guy, and I hope they do run him and they plaster his face everywhere because I think it'll just repulse some more folks, and I'm See, that's my argument. That's why I can't do this with you. <laughs> I know, I know. I know but we can go into that in greater detail. Yeah, I'll let you and Magoo handle that. Yeah, that's that'll be me and Magoo's uh, thing. Yeah, Carlos always shows up just in time for the fag talk. Like it never fails. Get Carlos out of here. <laughs> <laughs> oh well. Hopefully, if you don't already consider yourself a right-wing extremist, you'll start trying to exercise, uh, read some books, get in touch with God, and talk shit on the internet, and find yourself moving more in that direction, or at the very least, having some some level of discipline and finding some principles and ideals that you cling to um, in, the, in a world of totally flaccid, uh, whatever you want to call what progressivism is creating in, in this country and in this world in general, uh, having something that you can actually stand on is going to be more and more important every single day. And, uh, so yeah, join a, join a, uh, right wing, uh, MMA group and 
and learn how to learn how to get in shape and and expand your mind a little bit. Mark, you got any plugs? Yeah, if I could distill this. Oh, hey, I'll get the plugs after I distill this into a couple sentences. Reject the uh, schlobby looking neck beards who say they're going to take down the state and just start physically exercising and reading stuff other than Rothbard, and, and you should be good. Also, read uh, markmetz.substack.com <laughs> and watch the morning after show. There it is. All right. Hope everybody has a good rest of your day. I will be back on Wednesday with. Actually, uh, uh, I can look at that. I'll probably be back on Wednesday to do a recap of the debate on Tuesday if everything works out right. And if we don't end up having the debate, then I'll just come back on Wednesday and give my whole spiel on why I think running a, a libertarian against DeSantis is a terrible idea. Might even have Magoo come on with me and we can just do that together. We can have our whole, we can do our whole thing without having done the, the debate. There you we'll go. I'll come on for that one and say why liber- running a libertarian period is a bad idea. And then we'll just, <laughs> we'll have our own debate. <laughs> Sounds like a plan. All right. Hope everybody has a good one. Later. Yeah, thanks, Justin.